All right. Good morning, everyone. We are looking at an April 10th, 2023 date. Super excited to run it up this morning with you guys. Uh, family festivities went a little long last night. <clears throat> and so I wasn't able to do my normal Sunday live stream. Just putting out the tweet here, getting people on in here for the morning session. I know you guys aren't used to seeing me up here 645 on the West Coast already had the first cup of coffee and we're just getting started here folks thank you so much for joining me let's run it up okay so we're looking at a bitcoin at uh, i gotta refresh this actually 28.2 for bitcoin 18.50 for uh, ethereum and a 50 cent xrp i'm going to show you the sticks real quick bitcoin just been chopping sideways within this range here um looking good looking solid and we're going to see where we decide to break out from here I am worried that we will be moving back down to the downside. Well, actually, I'm not worried about it at all. Cash on the sidelines, ready to pick up and scoop on those deals. But without further ado, folks, we're going to get right on into it. Current events, cryptocurrency, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I appreciate everyone for joining me this morning. We already got a 35 spot. Is that N-O-K? I don't know what currency that is, Fritz, but I do appreciate that. Thank you. Starting off early with the support. You guys can support the channel by smashing the thumbs up, sharing this message far and wide. Everything's at my website, ZachRector.com. Let's get right on into it with the Kobesi letter. Starting us off, folks, over the last 24 hours, China encircles Taiwan with 71 fighter jets. China carries out simulated precision strikes on Taiwan. Taiwan goes on high alert. We have 20 ships involved in a standoff between China and Taiwan. And China says drills around Taiwan to continue. We have had more geopolitical issues over the last two years than the previous 10 years combined. Geopolitical tensions are now our biggest risk. And we continue to pray for peace. Now, yesterday... I put out this video sharing here uh, from Mario Nafal, the Pentagon files, the leaks from, and, and remember, I'm going to put out the disclaimer here. I'm not here to confirm nor deny there's, you know, uh, people making claims that this is disinformation. I'm just going to share this with you guys. It's up to you to decide and look a little bit further, see if we can confirm any of this Pentagon files. The leaks from the Pentagon have been monumental, expected at over 100 documents. The first batch of intel states the Ukrainians killed in action outnumber Russians 4 to 1, significantly higher than the 50% more Russian casualties mentioned by Western officials and the media. Furthermore, Ukraine's medium to high air defense is almost depleted. SA-10s, SA-11s make up 89% of Ukrainian air defense. They ran out of SA-11 on the 31st of March, and they believe that they will run out of the SA-10 on the 2nd of May. In brief, the Ukrainian military could be in significantly worse position than NATO admits. Do the Pentagon files show that Russia has the upper hand and have the documents been altered by the Russians? Like I said, there's some claims that these have been altered by the Russians. I'm not here to confirm nor deny that. It is interesting nonetheless, and we're going to continue to watch that. We're going to continue to pray for peace. Now, Marion Nafal shares this, and this is what I said when I dropped the video yesterday on the Pentagon files. I said that the United States and the West has one issue that, that I think they're going to not be able to get away from, and that's the fact that they're broke. As you're seeing the United States approach the debt ceiling once again, as you're seeing Europe tap out and you're seeing countries like France actually move away from their alliance and the use of the U.S. dollar in trade, along with other allies like Saudi Arabia. So this is a currency war as well, commodity war, and you can see it illustrated right here. These countries don't have to fire a single shot at the United States to bring down our reserve currency status. Mario Nafal shares this little gif here. Watch this for 10 seconds and tell me if you still think China is far behind the U.S. Now, this is trade time lapse, USA versus China. 
each country's biggest trading partner by year from 1980 to 2018. And so you can see that shift to red. You see all that red growing on this GIF until it overtakes. And I want to remind everybody, everyone's thinking that this is going to take so much longer uh, to actually reset this. Remember, we're in the digital currency world now. All it takes is a flip of the switch to start doing trade deals in a different country, uh, a different currency, right? We don't have to print the money. We don't have to send it to these countries. No, it's, it's a press of a button. It's a flip of the switch. This is the digital economy, right? So <clears throat> folks, if they are already doing the trade right with with china with these other countries why what's stopping them from using their native currencies right They're, they don't have to use the us dollar anymore and like i said this is the main problem for the west whether you support the war in ukraine or you don't or this or that or you think putin's a good guy or a bad guy we're broke over here in the United States and in the West. And that's what I keep on bringing it back to is that we're going to lose our reserve currency status. We're losing our standard of living here in the United States regardless. And now that's not to discount the loss of life. Absolutely not. You guys continue to hear me say, I'm praying for peace. I don't want another war. I don't want the United States involved in another country's affairs, quite frankly. Um, and, and we can't afford to regardless. Even if you do support it, we can't afford it. So, you know, what are you going to do? right? Continue to destroy your own currency. Now, the thing here is though, I don't think that the United States is just going to sit back and let this happen. Not for one second. I think that we're being led to believe that. I think that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, things like this prove this point that they have been preparing for this moment in time. They have been preparing for currency wars. This is actually called digital currency wars, and this is shared by Digital Asset Investor, and he's making the same point here. Digital currency wars, a national security crisis simulation. Streamed at Harvard three years ago, we're supposed to believe that the U.S. is just helplessly watching the BRICS destroy the dollar. If they were wargaming this publicly three years ago, what were they planning for decades before in in secret digital currencies didn't just happen folks what's interesting is you got gary ginster now the head of the sec involved in this simulation as well right so the united states has been preparing for this for a long time coming and i just continue to reiterate that um you know the the west uh it's particularly the united states all we have to to trade now is our culture and a fiat funny money dollar that nobody wants that's the problem for the United States, right? Now, let's continue on here, folks. Kobesi letter, key events this week. Let's watch this closely, guys. We're going to get the March CPI lie inflation data on Wednesday, Fed minutes on Wednesday, and that's going to be the minutes from their last meeting, I believe. And we're going to get the March PPI producer price inf uh, inflation data on Thursday, consumer sentiment data on Friday with retail sales data on Friday for Fed speakers this week. This week determines what the Fed does next. Another big week coming up, folks. Let's watch it closely. Now, Ben Rickert says this. Every debt crisis throughout history ends in a market crisis, which ends in a currency crisis, which then leads to social unrest. And at the end, ultimately, it leads to extreme control from the political left or right. Extreme centralization, Marxism. <clears throat> now, I sure hope that that's not the path that we're going down here in the United States. But nonetheless, we, we can see it and it is undeniable at this point, right? Market crisis, currency crisis, and you're seeing the unrest and um, stay peaceful out there, folks. Stay safe out there. Once again, Wall Street silver. 
another data point to work with. Nothing to see here, just the largest decline in bank lending on record. And I wanna bring this back to the opportunity. For those of us that are tapped in, this is the opportunity, right? The banks are, are, are their whole business is lending money. If they're not lending money, they're not making money, okay? So right now is our opportunity. If you can find deals, if you can structure deals, if, if you can find a deal where cash flow covers debt service, these bankers are about to be begging you to, to create a loan, right? They need us, okay? And this all just works into our favor, all this chaos for those of us that are tapped in. But you continue to see they are moving to control you. France has made it illegal to pay over 1,000 euros in cash. Now, we've been warning about this, right? Um, and this is why I've been stacking silver. Okay, is because is I don't like the government being able to tell me what I can or can't do with my money. You cannot pay over 1,000 euros in cash now in France, folks. And this is why we've been stacking precious metals. If you need the precious metals, I don't have any other precious metals data points for you guys tonight. But you guys see, this for me is why I've been stacking the precious metals. The gains are going to be sick. I'm looking forward to the gains, bro. Most importantly, I like having offline assets. I can barter with this thing, whether the bank app is working, whether the internet is down, doesn't matter. I can transact with this, right? And you're seeing that the price is moving, right? This used to be $20 an ounce, now you're seeing $25, and good luck trying to buy one ounce for less than $30 after the premiums are starting to go up and the vaults are getting drained, your time is running out to even be able to get these metals. 200 million ounce deficit last year and the numbers are stacking up for this year again. Now, right on into the cryptocurrency update and I got some big ones here for you guys to cut through all the FUD, all the nonsense, all the BS. We've had too much time in a bear market, too much infighting. Don't confuse the facts, let's get right to it, okay? Mr. Mann shares this one from the UK Parliament, quote, a public-private approach is needed to ensure maximum utility of any CBDC issued. We believe that private sector solutions, such as the use of neutral bridge assets like XRP, supported by software solutions like the CBDC private ledger, is the answer. This is your UK Parliament. Quote, a public-private approach is needed to ensure maximum utility of any CBDC issued. We believe that private sector solutions, such as the use of a, folks, neutral bridge asset like XRP, supported by software solutions like the CBDC private ledger. But wait, right? I thought that the private ledger doesn't use the XRP ledger, right? Now, this has been a very confusing thing. Now we kind of have a better understanding of it, right? That they did fork the XRP ledger to create the private central bank digital currency ledger, right? Now remember, that is not for all banks. That is just for CBDCs. That is just for central banks. So partners like Bank of America aren't going to be using this, uh, at least from what we know so far right okay this is only for central banks but once again you come back and you see the uk parliament right here they're talking about how regardless of that private ledger we still need the public private approach and we still need what a neutral bridge asset like xrp so don't forget that folks just because ripple took the xrp ledger forked it to make a private version for central banks does not take away for the need for a neutral bridge asset like XRP. In fact, I argue that all of the countries going to CBDCs only 
increases the need for that neutral bridge asset like XRP. Okay. Now, don't confuse the facts, folks. Does RippleNet use ODL XRP? I thought that we'd clarified this. I see folks getting confused about it again this weekend. So uh, we do what we do best. We come in and we'll provide the clarity for you guys. Stated by Brad at the WEF, confirmed by Neil, industry-leading transparency is what always impressed me about Ripple. And I am retweeting Neil Hartner. And he is responding to this clown guy. Uh, who says, good night to all the folks who still think RippleNet uses XRP because he pulls a clip of a former employee in Matt Hamilton who does not know the full truth and extent of what's all taking place at Ripple, not by any stretch. He understands the XRPL. He is a good developer. He is a very smart guy, but he incorrectly states that, uh, and, and you know, here's the thing, folks. I don't want to take a clip out of context. RippleNet does not mean that you have to use XRP, right? But now we have it confirmed. Neil Hartner responds, indirectly, yes, directly, no. I don't know how much the distinction matters anymore when over half the payments on RippleNet will end up using XRP via ODL. And so you go back to my tweet. I said, stated by Brad at World Economic Forum, that 60%, Brad, Brad Garlinghouse at the World Economic Forum said that 60% of RippleNet transactions are now going going through ODL, which is XRP. And now there's so much confusion still. Remember, they got rid of all the products, XCurrent, XVIA, and they kind of just all merged in. You basically have RippleNet, which does not use XRP, and then you have on-demand liquidity, which does use XRP. Now, Brad, now Neil, they're saying that over half of the transactions are now on ODL XRP. So don't get it twisted. Don't confuse the facts. And be careful listening to these Twitter talking heads, folks. Now, I posed a question here. And I actually got David Schwartz down in the comments below on this thread. I could not believe it last night. And uh, a true moment. We have finally made it. We had David Schwartz in the comments. Let's check it out, folks. And I still yet to really get too many good answers to this question. I pose this to the XRP Ledger community. Do XRPL tokens back XRP? Now, we got to consider the definition of back used as a verb is the following. Give financial, material, or moral support to. So even if an XRP ledger token is giving moral support to XRP, in a sense, that is backing technically by the definition because everybody wants to get all technical on us, right? Give financial, material, or moral support to XRP. So I asked the question, do XRP ledger tokens back XRP? Now, of course, we get Ripple, it in, responds. He says they don't back XRP. They are in direct competition to XRP. The single benefit they give to XRP is that they have to use XRP for fees, which are negligible. Both XRP and the XRPL token are after the same thing, your dollar. That is an extreme position. And sure enough, David Schwartz comes in and clarifies. I don't think that's quite the only benefit. They tend to increase the liquidity of XRP both because of auto bridging and because of XRP's position as the only asset that has no issuer and that everyone holds and soon because of automated market makers too. And so remember guys, Every time someone is issuing an XRP ledger token and somebody wants to access that, they have to open up an XRP wallet, which now the minimum is 10 XRP. So that's another 10 XRP that gets parked that is out of the circulating supply. 
to open up the trust line, you have to spend two XRP. So every wallet created, that's 10 XRP. Every trust line created, that's two XRP. So that's further reducing the supply, the circulating supply of XRP with every XRP ledger token. And like David is saying, it only increases the liquidity of XRP as well. Now, I had to sit down here because I wanted to respond to David and I came up with a follow-up question. I said, now what about a commodity that is represented by an XRPL token? A commodity that is represented by an XRPL token. Is it fair to say that commodity indirectly or directly backs XRP? Essentially, XRP is backed by any and all forms of value on the XRP ledger. Now, David Schwartz must have went to sleep last night. I posted that at about 9 o'clock because I did not get a response from David, unfortunately. Okay? So, David, if you see this, I would love a follow-up on that because this is where a clip uh, that I had posted got taken out of context and shared over the weekend. And people call me a scammer because they took a clip where I said that gold is already backing XRP in a sense. And they just shared that four second clip, even though it was part of a 60 second clip where I was explaining how gold is already tokenized on the XRP ledger. There are tokens that are supposed to represent gold on the XRP ledger. Now, that gold, whether it exists or not, I can't confirm nor deny, but let's just run and assume that it does. There is gold there that does back the token and these XRP ledger tokens indirectly or directly back XRP. So essentially, we have every form of value. XRP is backed by any and all forms of value on the XRP ledger. That's how I look at it. I was hoping to get a response from David. I didn't get one yet. But does that not make sense, right? Anything of value that's put onto the ledger backs the native currency that you need to use to transact on that ledger. I like to keep it simple. I'm hoping that maybe David will see that and uh, we can get a response. But nonetheless, over the weekend, everybody's going back and forth with this and that. And uh, I, I had to go back and I pulled up some some oldies, but some goodies. Let me take a sip of coffee and I'll share these ones with you guys. And I want to reiterate too that for me, for, for those of you guys that have been here with a while, for those of you that have been here with me for a while, you know, I've never said that gold was the XRP was going to be pegged to gold. In fact, I said that we don't need to do that. We shouldn't do that. It would limit the utility of XRP. I've never said it. I've never agreed with any of the crazy narratives. The narratives that I believe in are based off of, you know, the data, the reports. When I see the UK Parliament saying and acknowledging that we need a neutral bridge asset like XRP, that's my whole thesis is the XRP itself just being a neutral bridge asset is all we need. Now we're getting NFTs, we're getting automated market makers, smart contracts, it's all coming. That's only going to increase the utility and increase the value of XRP as well. You know, seeing gold tokenized on the XRP ledger and seeing every other commodity on the XRP ledger is going to add value to the XRP ledger and to the native currency XRP in my opinion. No. So people get it all so twisted, so offended, and they confuse the facts when we got our good friends, David Schwartz and Brad uh, Garlinghouse got a couple here to show you guys. David Schwartz, an old clip here from him. XRP is an asset that can be used for settlement. It's 
kind of like gold that can instantly teleport around the world. It does actually move value and there's nothing that settles afterwards. And that's a beautiful way to put it. XRP is kind of like gold that can instantly teleport around the world. As I've said before, we have two data points that are undeniable. Central banks are buying more gold than they have in the last 50 years, and many of them have met with Ripple. Now, the haters got nothing to say to that, do they? Nothing to say there. And we have another one from David Schwartz. And as you guys see, I titled this episode, XRP is the secret sauce. Well, the direct quote from Ripple, uh, sorry, from uh, David Schwartz is, XRP is Ripple's secret. Cheers, everyone. I greatly apologize for showing up late. I got a new fancy camera and I have no idea what I'm doing as I try to get it set up. But uh, just picked up a Canon EOS R10. Slick little deal, but I'm still learning how to use it. You guys know me. I'm not techie. I'm not photographer. I, I, I don't like playing around with any of this stuff. But nonetheless, we're trying to get her dialed in here for you guys. And I apologize for running late tonight. Without further ado, though, let's get right on into it. The accelerated fall of an empire is tonight's episode. We're going to get into a full update, current events, cryptocurrency, greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. I appreciate all of you guys. And for those of you that are listening to this stream after the fact, quick reminder, uh, you can listen to the podcast as well on Spotify and Apple. So uh, make sure to check that out as well so you can listen to it on the go. <clears throat> I apologize when I'm coming to you guys, 7.40 here on the West Coast. I apologize. I know that you guys on the East Coast are tucked in, sleeping, and uh, I, I do apologize. Now, if you missed the Twitter spaces last night, I also want to apologize for forgetting to record it. Well, I was just setting up my first Twitter space, didn't really know what I was doing, and apparently I didn't hit the the option to record the space. I thought that I did, but uh, I, I missed it on that one, and that is so unfortunate because we had... Uh, one of the best spaces uh, was the feedback that we were getting back from all the people. One of the best spaces that they've ever attended. And so make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter. We're going to be lining up these Twitter spaces. Uh, maybe we can do one once a week. I'd like to. And then I'm also going to be appearing on other people's Twitter spaces as well. We've had a lot of people been reaching out to get me on their show, doing you know their deal, whatever it may be, Twitter space, TikToks, uh, you know, just getting on other people's YouTube channel. And so uh, we, we will be doing that. And, and I'm super excited for what we got coming up, guys. Quick announcement. Uh, we have lined up a session here with Reggie Middleton. He's going to be coming back on the show. And then we also have uh, reached out to Fred Rispoli. I'm going to show you guys. He just launched a class action lawsuit against Coinbase for our Songbird and Flare. And uh, hopefully we can get Fred on the show sometime in the next week to help explain this lawsuit on behalf, a uh, class action lawsuit. On behalf of all people that are in a similar situation who are unable to get their songbird or flare from coinbase so i'm very excited for what we got in the works for you guys crypto disciple thank you for that five spot twitter space was dope t and zach together absolutely brother it was lit t went off and that was actually my first time collabing with him uh there was a gentleman named jake that i, I had actually never met before who hopped up in there and i didn't even realize that he was part of the committee too with jimmy valley and the xrp buyback committee uh and so i got to connect with him for the first time and the session was lit i, I mean in tease i've been hearing great things about tease and i hadn't really watched too much of them but to get on a session with him last night and just chopping it up and uh he's a guy that gets rocking and rolling i mean he, he was lit up last night and so i once again apologize i'm so mad at myself for not getting that session recorded that will not happen again 
And uh, we're just going to continue to get dialed in with some of the best content in the crypto space. And then you guys know we're going to tie it all together for you guys. It's not just crypto. We got the accelerated fall of an empire. We're going to talk about it all tonight, the current events, how it all ties together, and the opportunity that we have right here to take advantage of. God bless all of you for tuning in tonight. Let's take a look at this market before we get started. So Bitcoin's back up 21.3, Ethereum just below 1600, and our XRP is at 38 cents. Now we start off right here from Kim.com. You are witnessing the accelerated fall of an empire. This year, expect major escalation with Russia and China for driving global de-dollarization. When the U.S. can no longer fund its debt with money printing, it will collapse under the weight of its current debt. It's happening now. This is happening in real time, folks. Check it out. Report from Gold Telegraph Breaking News. Saudi Arabia is open to discussions about trade in currencies other than the U.S. dollar. Let it begin. So it begins. Real estate update from Nick Gurley. This is scary. KB Homes, a large home builder, just reported a 68% cancel rate, meaning that over two-thirds of homebuyers walked away from their contracts in the quarter, leaving KB Homes with a massive pileup of inventory. Last year, the cancel rate was only 13%. So the devil is in the details of this real estate market. Now, some you folks out in the Midwest are just doing just fine with your real estate, right? But those in the high-flying markets, those that were speculative, those that didn't have cash flow, what do we always ask? The question for any investment in a business or real estate, does cash flow cover debt service? Obviously, with debt servicing now increasing, uh, with interest rates rising, we find out who the real ones are. Now, <clears throat> continuing on. Two spot from JJ, I see you. Looking good, pimp. Keep, keep crushing everything. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope that this is looking clean for you guys. Next one, real estate. Macro Alf. The only chart that matters for the housing market in 2023. Who is the marginal buyer here? This is an annual mortgage cost as a percentage of household income. And we see that we're up back above 45% and approaching the highest levels ever, taking us back into the 70s. Back into the 70s. And you know what they had to do back in the 70s to rein back in inflation. They had to raise those interest rates damn near up to 20%, right? Kobesi letter. Listings of new homes for sales is down 22% since last year to the lowest level on record. The average home is now being sold in 40 days, up 135% from 17 days in June. This all comes as housing market affordability just dropped below 2008 levels. The housing market is hurting. So we actually got to talking about this on our Twitter spaces last night. We were talking kind of more related to XRP crypto with T's. And then we transitioned to general wealth and talking about real estate specifically. Uh, the pros and cons. We had people who you know, were talking about that uh, you could maybe find better opportunity in the, in the stock market. And so it was interesting to get a little bit of a back and forth by people, some of my friends <clears throat> within my community that are doing real deals. And it was interesting to see how uh, they are, you know, basically making money in real estate in an up, uh, up economy in a boom and during these times and talking about the different strategies that they've been applying during bear markets and recessions to uh, thrive in the real estate asset class. Great stuff. Now, we continue to say uh, best opportunities are still a ways out. No, I haven't seen enough pain yet 
Just like with crypto, we haven't cleaned out enough of the space. Same thing with real estate. And if <clears throat> the big if, <clears throat> excuse me, is will the Fed pivot? Because if the Fed stays at this program, this program is going to squeeze the life out of real estate for many people. For many people, the affordability, you're seeing where it's at. It is getting tight out there. Now, don't that's not to be confused with the opportunity for investing in real estate. We have people within our community and our Discord group and, and personal friends now that I've gotten in touch with who are still making money during this time. So just because the average person is going to see a decline in their real estate portfolio, uh, people are going to get wiped out. Some people won't make it. There are people, there are examples of those that are still making plenty of money, still cash flowing, still acquiring deals. And yes, they've made adjustments <clears throat> and uh, there's plenty of opportunity. So for me, cash on the sidelines, real estate deals are coming online and uh, they're only going to get better from here. If the Fed keeps this up, if the Fed continues the squeeze of, of America throughout the rest of this year, you know what's going to be coming for you guys. So be prepared. Massive opportunity. Now, what else could be coming for you, though? Massive layoffs. That's the unfortunate part about these recessions. Not everybody's going to be winning. Uh, Microsoft in talks to fire over 11,000 employees. Next, getting into our crypto situation, spiritual European Parliament will not be voting on this in February as originally planned. This is the European Union's Markets in Crypto Assets, the MICA bill, is going to be delayed until April 2023. Now, my speculation about this, and maybe this is kind of silly, but uh, I, I really believe you look at everything that's going to be completed or ending by March, um, it, it just has me thinking that they're ready to launch a lot of uh, operations uh, coming coming this year. But we're not really going to see much taking place until the springtime. I, I, you know, many people have been speculating in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit that we get a ruling from the judge by March, right? Now we see the European Parliament shifting. We saw uh, Swift. We saw the Europe, uh, Central Bank of England, right? The delaying ISO migration, and they've been announcing these delays. Guys, it, 2023 is underway. They're meeting back in Davos, and, and for me. They are they are setting uh, setting forward the next stage of their operations, and that's going to include the CBDCs, and that's going to include passing this regulation. Once we get the regulation, they set us free, right? And uh, so they got to be very careful with how they do this. And obviously, they've been delaying and kicking this can down the road for a long time. But it's about time that we're going to get uh, markets and crypto assets regulation coming in the European Union. And then obviously we have some things here in the United States as well. Let's take a look here. Republican lawmakers push crypto regulation with new House subcommittee. And that right there is Patrick uh, uh, McHenry, I believe. I, I think his first name is Patrick uh, McHenry. And he's one of the he's one of the congressmen that Brad and team have called out as people that are trying to actually get something done. And so that's fantastic to see is that we finally have some lawmakers pushing crypto regulation with this new House subcommittee. And their first priority is going to be providing clear rules of the road among federal regulators for the digital asset economy. So that's very exciting to see. Now, next, I, I, I mentioned this. We're going to have Reggie back on the show. But Reggie's been putting out some very interesting tweets here as of late. His comments here on stablecoins. Stablecoins likely underpinned by my intellectual property. You know, Reggie's got the patents. Reggie's got the patents. 
Stablecoins likely underpinned by MyIP, China's digital yuan used to buy securities for the first time. Report from Coindesk, China's digital yuan used to buy securities for the first time. So we're starting to see here the use cases for the CBDCs growing, the first purchase of securities taking place. Okay, but Reggie making his claim, making his claim very loud, and he's going to be coming back on my show, and I'm very excited to talk to him about the updated lawsuit, uh, you know, obviously in the middle of litigation, you can't really speak on it too much, but I know that Reggie will have an update to share with us, uh, hopefully, as far as the lawsuit that he's filed against Circle and then the lawsuit that he has against Coinbase as well. So Reggie uh, is a real one, and we're going to be bringing him back up onto the platform, and we're going to see what his take is on things. The other thing I'm going to do is I, I, I want to send over kind of and see if he's heard about this buyback concept at all the buyback committee and and see see what he thinks about it as someone who's gone up against these entities and uh had settled settled up you know with the sec and basically you know kind of had his project kind of taken over and i mean they took over 90 percent of the supply basically of his tokens um so he's someone who's had to deal with this and i'm interested to see what he has to say in regards to you know, this buyback committee nonsense, some call it nonsense. Some of us call it an insurance policy to, you know, that's up to you to decide, but I'm interested to get Reggie's take on that. But then I'm also interested to get his take on the airdrops that, you know, we were supposed to get too. So, uh, that that's going to be, you know, Coinbase, one of the exchanges that's not participating in the songbird and the flare airdrop. Well, they're telling us that they are, they're, they're saying, trust me, bro, it's coming first half of 2023 with flare. Um, I haven't heard any updates on Songbird, and so that's going to be interesting to get Reggie's take. Hopefully, he has some thoughts on that as well. But just getting Reggie into the conversation here at such a critical time when we know that the regulations are coming, and um, Reggie opened our eyes to crypto patents and how important that's going to be in this space. Now, his claims are very bold. Um, you know, that, that a lot of the space, a lot of the stable coins, a lot of the exchanges are infringing upon his patent. So it's going to be interesting to see how far Reggie goes. I, like I said, after I interviewed him the first time, I, I, I just said he's a must watch in the space. He's someone that you have to watch and you have to see where he goes and how far he can get with those patents. Um, so we're going to be getting Reggie back on the show later this week. Really looking forward to that. Now, continuing on with the actions of the SEC. Let me take one more sip of coffee, guys. Uh, it is almost 8 p.m. on the West Coast, but I did need a fresh cup of coffee to keep it rolling, baby. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Good stuff. Continue on. We have an update. Expect an initial SEC action against Binance, U.S., and Department of Justice to monitor the process and response. Larger, easy-to-prove Department of Justice action, anti-money laundering, Binance is hampered by concerns of geopolitical ripple effects. It's funny how many times we hear that, right? People using that term, the ripple effects that are being felt right now, right? But basically, this guy's saying that we're about to get an SEC action against Binance US, and the Department of Justice is going to be monitoring the process and the response and basically, they got their eyes on Binance is what this guy's saying. I don't know where this information's coming from, but uh, we've been waiting for something to come here against Binance. Obviously, questions of their solvency coming into play right now, but then also investigations being launched and uh, potential lawsuits, litigation on the way. Initial SEC action could be part of a crypto sweep 
taking place at the end of the month. So we have long stated here on this platform, I've said that the Ripple lawsuit settling up is going to be good for Ripple, most likely, but the rest of the space is not going to be getting a free pass after Ripple you know, you know, settles up their case because the rest of the space does meet the definition, the Howey test of an unregistered security. With the way that they conducted the ICOs in this space, the way that they did and used cryptocurrencies to fund basically their operations to complete out building out the technology, they do meet the prongs of the Howey test and they do meet the definition of a security. So the rest of the crypto space is not should not be cheering when Ripple wins. You know, it's going to have big impacts. And I do believe that we're going to have a quote unquote Ripple test. But I think that many people are confused into thinking that if Ripple wins, that everybody else in the space is going to be good. No, 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 no. Brad, Chris, and team have been some of the most transparent in the space, setting up offices in D.C., and they already settled with FinCEN in 2015. And then after that, they started doing KYC, AML, and they became a money service business. Everything was, was done uh, and recorded after that. And they had clarity from you know, FinCEN that XRP was a digital currency. So this is not going to be the green light for the rest of the space like many people think it's going to be. And this point right here about the SEC, they've launched investigations, now potentially about to launch a, a lawsuit against Binance, is going to be the start of, what did he call it? A crypto sweep at the end of the month. And I believe that that's what's coming. So while you know, these guys are touting, right? And everyone's starting to get excited because we're going to see crypto regulations coming in the United States. You guys better go back and look at how your project conducted their ICO. How your project got its start. Now, uh, we're going to continue to watch that one next. And it's all coming out. To reiterate the point, the SEC is investigating VCs who invested in FTX. They are assessing whether VCs conducted their stated due diligence process. VCs are in a catch-22. If they did due diligence and still invested, then the due diligence looks insufficient and possibly negligent. Now, you're going to see this not just for the people that invest in FTX. I think you're about to see this with a, a lot of cases. I mean, there's some pretty prominent uh, syndicators in the real estate space that are, have class action lawsuits against them. W right now, the reality is, is that it's, uh, you know, it's easier, more easier than ever before to raise funds. And that's the problem, right? Is that you got a lot of bad actors raising funds and we already know what, what took place in the cryptocurrency space. And then we also understand right here, uh, the VCs are, are being looked into right now who invested into FTX. Well, that's just the start, right? Uh, we've already seen lawsuits filed against the Hex influencers. So they're going all the way from the influencers to the VCs to the people that were running these exchanges. They haven't even gone after the state. Well, they've started to go after the stable coins. We already know the Department of Justice and, and New York Attorney General has been after Tether and Bitfinex for years, and they've already had settlements, but they're still under investigation. Uh, but they're going after everybody, guys. This, I mean, this space still, I'm telling you, has a lot to go. On, on, on and I, I preface the bullish news. I preface the stuff that gets me excited with this stuff to provide clarity that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and not everybody's going to win and take off in the utility bull run that's coming post regulations post ripple versus sec settlement now let's continue on
This is where it gets exciting, though. You guys want the good stuff. Here you go. Crypto made it into seven World Economic Forum Congress sessions this year from just two last year per Brad Garlinghouse, CEO of Ripple. So it looks like he did an interview with Axios. I'm super excited. We're going to get a bunch of press and media coming out from Brad and team. And there are a few other crypto projects that are at um, at the World Economic Forum this year as well. But we now have crypto making it into seven of the sessions. So that is fantastic to see. Ben Armstrong, BitBoy Crypto, chimes in though. The Great Reset will not happen. Why? Because we know what's coming. The World Economic Forum is currently changing its strategy. They've realized they aren't powerful enough to broadcast their moves and still end up at checkmate. See, this is what's interesting to watch, guys, right? Because so many people have become aware of the World Economic Forum that you got, you know, even Ben talking about it in, in this way. This wasn't taking place in the space a few years ago, right? Uh, most of the crypto space was just trying to catch the pump. Now the crypto space, so you heard it last night in my Twitter spaces and you see it every day on this platform. We are maturing this conversation, right? We're taking it to the legal political battle. We're taking it to the reserve currency conversation. We're, we're starting to understand how big these issues are, how many trillions of dollars we are in debt, how many trillions of dollars are getting settled on a daily basis, how, how many uh, trillions of dollars have gone missing and are unaccounted for, and how many quadrillions of dollars are in derivatives that all need to be reset and restructured. It's beautiful to see the conversation mature, and it's also great to see. And this was what is so refreshing on the Twitter space right now. Uh, last night, not having to really worry too much about the censorship, allowing us to be over the target. You see now Ben Armstrong calling out the World Economic Forum, calling out the agenda. And there's many people that are in the same camp that now talk about how their plans have been exposed, right? And there are people, There, there is... And I don't, I don't want to say the other side, but there's a different side of this uh, battlefield. Now, whether those guys are, are, are shining white knights that are going to come in and save the day, like Brad Garlinghouse and the people that I highly respect in this space that are trying to bring forward a level playing field, and I do believe are working on behalf of all people and not just the XRP community, but they want to see a better world. And I, you know, we just saw out of Ripple, like I, like I said. Monica Long put out a piece talking about data security, data privacy, and how it needs to be protected. And then we get the CBDC advisor for Ripple talking about how, you know, the censorship and control. And I showed you guys that. And, and so that's why I like to see them going to the World Economic Forum, because my hope, my prayer, and just the vibe that I get from these guys is that they do bring a, a balance. They, they do bring a balance, and they are not looking to control our lives. So um, to, to, to add to Ben's point, we have a long ways to go. We have a long ways to go. And people are just now beginning to realize who these entities are that are working against us, right? I mean, no one knew who the Federal Reserve was just, um, you know, really just even a few years ago. I mean, I mean, still, the masses are distracted. But look at how many more people have woke up over the last two years. Oh, this journey started over 10 years ago for me, and it's now finally come full circle with uh, crypto digital assets in this new financial system, right? Um, but, but getting tapped into these groups, these entities, these forums, these council on foreign relation, all these groups started 10 years ago for me. And to now see it hit mainstream 
and you see one side tries to pitch it as it's all good and and, and they're rolling out a great program for us and, and the, the the control that they're trying to implement into our lives is going to be fantastic and is going to protect us and it's refreshing to at least have the platform for the other side that says hey this is america uh at least where i lived at least where i grew up at least with the constitution that i believe uh, is a nice little document that we should still respect um we're not going to stand for this you know and and so it is refreshing to have the conversation that we had last night on the Twitter spaces. And it is refreshing to, to see that we do finally have a platform where some free speech is being allowed, right? And now to see in the DC dance that's taking place, we see gridlock, but we see them flipping the situation upside down. And they're starting to do some investigations. Some truth is starting to be revealed. And that's a beautiful thing to see. But we have a long ways to go. And it is going to be up to us to take advantage of this opportunity. Because just because we understand that the World Economic Forum is a, a thing and working against us and the Federal Reserve, and we start to understand some of these things, unless we take action, unless, unless we actually uh, you know, you know, have, have the funds and the money to invest in these assets before they roll it over, we're, we're just sitting back here watching the show and we're not going to actually take advantage of the opportunity. Now... I don't even know how this is possible, guys. Other than all the world's a stage, I don't even know how this is possible. But literally, the Parable Guy Mountains from the So It Begins picture literally match up so closely. to I mean, the exact colors that they're using in Davos. So I don't know how you explain that. that it's just beyond me. I don't know how you explain that, but that's, that's the situation. Take, take for it what you want. Uh, then we have Stuart Alderati is a speaker at the blockchain hub in Davos. Ripple and Casper Labs together, like the XRP and Casper communities. Great to see that after many years of being supported by Kevin Cage and NCash and whole XRP army. Yeah, I haven't looking, I haven't taken a look at Casper Labs, but shout out to Adrian Holmes for sharing this one with me. Stuart Alderati, that's the general counsel for Ripple, going to be speaking at the World Economic Forum. We love to see it. Now, Stuart chimes in today, and he's responding to a Bloomberg Crypto article. An upcoming ruling could help determine the answer to an urgent question. Who should regulate the crypto industry? They're talking about this Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. Stuart chimes in and says, no matter how you dissect it, the experts agree. The outcome of the Ripple case will likely have a significant impact on crypto's future in the United States. And that's what I'm saying is... Ripple never did an ICO. So look at how Ripple conducted their operations from the very beginning, right? Look at how they did the initial dis distribution of the coins. And that's, that's kind of how what you need to go look at. When you go vet your investments right now in the cryptocurrency space, and you're trying to figure out, is my you know, crypto going to be a security? Or is it, is it a currency or, or some other digital financial asset, commodity? Uh, you need to put it through that test. How is the initial distribution done? Did they have the project completed when they started to sell off the tokens? Uh, and, and did they do an ICO? Or was that money used to fund the company or the development? Run it through that test, along with looking at the initial distribution of the tokens. Now, um, I thought this was basically right spot on over the target with kind of how I see this thing playing out too. We have all the money, real Lisa Daily on Twitter. 
Here's what I think will happen with the SEC versus Ripple case. Judge Torres makes her decision, calls the attorneys to disclose her dis uh, decision. Before it's written in the books, the parties have a chance to settle in order to show both as winners. SEC wants sales before 2013 to 2015 or between 2013 to 2015 before FinCEN judgment declared securities. Everything after 2015 are not securities. Ripple pays a fine. Both sides can be seen as winners. XRP becomes the first altcoin to have clarity. So it makes sense. It makes sense, right? Because uh, what, what, what we're looking at is a scenario where both sides are able to say that they won and you provide clarity, right? Because in that type of settlement, you do provide clarity that if you did it like Ripple, you know, uh, if you did it like Ripple from 2013 to 2015, you're going to get in trouble because they weren't doing KYC for all of the people that they were giving XRP to and selling XRP to. So that's why FinCEN came in and they had that settlement. Then Ripple became a money service business and started doing KYC on everyone. Now, the interesting thing is the SEC would be basically asserting that those sales were securities. I, I don't think that those sales would classify as a security because once again, you still have an XRP currency network that's already developed. Had they built out all of the utility and had they built out on-demand liquidity? No, no, absolutely not. But it was already a completed uh, currency. It was already a decentralized network. Um, you know, so nonetheless, though, if they settle up, then Ripple doesn't even have to make that acknowledgement, really, that those were uh, sales of a security, right? Um, so once again, this case, very close, guys, very close. Uh, we're expecting a, a ruling from the judge here in the next couple months by the end of March is what the lawyers are saying. Okay. And, and I've just been saying this the whole time. I do think that it, it is going to be a settlement. Good guy, Gary will get to cheer, clap, pat himself on the back. And then they get to hide all Hinman. They get to hide all the uh, Jay Clayton. They get to hide all the corruption, right? But, um, they will still have the ability to go after 90% of the space that did the ICOs, did unregistered securities, ha didn't have a completed project, but they raised money and funds to fund that development. But we have another one. This one from Fred Rispoli. We're suing Coinbase to get everyone their songbird and flare back. Check pin tweet for signup info and please follow HODL law for updates. So I did send um, Fred a uh, direct message. Let me make sure that I follow HODL law. And uh, it sounds like Fred might be down to come on the show. So I'm hoping that we can get Fred on to talk about this case. I mean, I might be interested in signing up because I, like I've been saying, right, we started talking about this with the buyback committee, Article 12, take free rule. We, ha we have to understand our rights as digital asset investors. For me, I, I mean, I'm ready. Sign me up, right? Class action lawsuit against Coinbase to get our songbird and flare. Uh, if that's what we have to do, if that's what it has to come to, it's unfortunate. But we better make our claim now before the two-year period. And we have that take free rule come in to where no claim has been made. They've already sold off the interest of the property. You no longer have rights to that digital asset. Thank you very much for participating. And Brian Armstrong sails off into the sunset. Um, and so for me, with my public platform, I'm just going to continue to call out Brian Armstrong, Coinbase, where are we at? 
Where's the update? You can do better. I don't get, uh, you know, we don't really care about what, what you've put out so far. First half of 2023, come on. And where's the songbird at? So, so we got to get better at that. You know, we got to get the communications up from Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, and they need to respect the XRP community because we're going to be coming into a serious amount of wealth. They know that as well as we do. Brian knows about XRP and Ripple very well. And so I would suggest that they start paying the XRP community a little bit more respect, right? Because um, I don't mind Coinbase. I mean, the platform's always worked for me. It's been solid, but this this has been the end of it for me, for Coinbase. You know, I was just actually going to go buy some crypto today, and I was thinking about oh, you know, I'm already tapped into Coinbase, but I was like, nope, nope. How could I forget how they've already screwed us over, right? And that was my mistake two years ago when I had um, some XRP on Coinbase for the Flare airdrop, uh, snapshot, I should say. And now here, two years later, I'm kicking myself for that. But, you know, you live and you learn in crypto, right? And so, um, you know, you know, we're going to see what Fred has to say in regards to this case. I'm very much looking forward to having him on the platform. That's going to be awesome. And then um, we're going to get his thoughts, too, on, on kind of what the buyback committee has been working on as well. And, and just, you know, I put out another red folder session today just because the committee update uh, updated us yesterday from Jimmy. And, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to understand our legal positioning right now in this space. We're going to continue to try to understand our rights as digital asset investors, right? If my red folder offends you, uh, sorry, not sorry. We got to understand what's going on. And I'm going to keep my documents in a red folder so I don't lose them like our president did. Uh, so, so, and that's the deal. And I've been talking with Jimmy, talked with Jimmy again yesterday. And um, we're going we're gonna to continue to press on. Because uh, this, this is not just going to be relevant to XRP holders. This is going to be relevant to everyone in the digital asset space. Okay. So uh, it's not just XRP holders that have probably lost out on airdrops or lost NFTs that have gotten stolen. And then guys, like literally this law as, as written and adopted by four states already, if you don't make a claim at your stolen NFT within two years and someone sold it off, you've lost your rights to that property. So that's what I mean is it impacts everyone in the digital asset space. So forget the 50K Fed buyback. That's not, that. that's part of the conversation and it's it is an important part of the conversation I, I will add but this 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 is going to impact everyone so we got to understand it so i'm excited we got reggie coming on we're going to get his thoughts uh you know how, how do we position ourselves against these entities that are working against us and then we're going to get fred on hopefully for the update on this you know class action lawsuit that he's filing against coinbase and there's going to be other exchanges to file against too right it's unfortunate that we got to get the lawyers involved, but hey, that's where we're at now. A little bit of uh, speculation. Sadanachi on Twitter. Tomorrow is the end of the Ripple XRP lawsuit. Honestly, I am exhausted. I could never imagine I would ever start this journey. I have probably lost lifespan with sleepless nights, but I have the feeling it is necessary evil if we are able to take it from a constructive manner. I have no idea where this guy is coming from. I saw everyone in the community was all on top of this. Uh, this tweet has over 200,000 views. So obviously this one got shared around today. Um, but then I also saw that he put out this chart, which is you know the same technical analysis that we've all been looking at, right? Which he asked, will this time be different? 
the same positioning that we did last time before we did just the, the, the biggest move, right? I mean, one of the biggest moves of last bull run was XRP. And you guys can see here on that chart, it's the same deal that we've all been looking at. I have no idea though, where this guy, you know, comes up with this claim that tomorrow is going to be the end of the Ripple versus XRP lawsuit. And so I, I did not want to clickbait everyone and say, case ends tomorrow, red alert, clickbait, thumbnail. Um, didn't want to do that. But it is interesting to see the timing of Brad once again going to speak at Davos. Um, they've already made a couple of appearances there, obviously. But doing all of this in the middle of the SEC lawsuit, right? It's, it's almost as if they're just untouchable. Uh, the SEC doesn't have any standing. And that's all going to be proven, right? And the settlement allows both sides to claim victory, both sides to go about their way. And for all of the corruption that those guys committed uh, to, to not see the light of day, or at least to see the light of day, but nothing gets done. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath for the Republicans in Congress to actually come after these guys. But nonetheless, um, we'll see if that date comes to fruition. I'm over the dates. I, I don't know about you guys. Uh, as far as, you know, right now, what I just focus on is the timelines um, and, and windows of opportunity. So where we're at is a couple months here, we should see the ruling coming down from the judge. It would be a prime time for a settlement. And uh, other than that, it's just a matter of how much of this asset can we stack before they flip the switch. The technical analysis, guys, is so simple. I mean, I mean the levels that we go to after the breakout is absolutely massive. And that's why I'm really I'm really worried that many people aren't prepared for this. What's going to happen in this space? Uh, many people are falling once again for this fake out rally that we're in the middle of. FOMOing in, FOMOing in, chasing green candles on projects. Uh, the most recent deals that I've seen have been the AI coins. So literally, just because Chat GPT has everyone playing with playing with it, you know, playing with their computer every night asking AI to solve all their problems. Um, some of the AI coins in the crypto space pumped. Guys, that's just fake. I mean, it's just hype. There's nothing really being built there that matters If that I've seen, right? Is AI going to be big? AI is going to be the biggest. It's going to be massive. But these little AI coins that just have AI at the end of them are doing nothing. And so once again, it's like the, the crypto space never learns. So we FOMO into AI projects, right? Um, you know, Doge will catch a pump still, right? Uh, this stuff's still going on. I mean, and the Bitcoin maxis still drinking that Kool-Aid, right? Uh, calling the bottom already being in when, when the technical analysis shows us there's no reason to get excited. We have a ways to go before we can get excited and claim that the bottom has actually came in, right? But once again, the same people don't learn. And then all of the new people that are waking up to the situation, they're seeing these announcements that Saudi Arabia is going to start doing deals outside of the U.S. dollar. They're seeing that these central banks are hoarding, buying record amounts of gold. They're seeing that the London's Metals Exchange is at the lowest level the vault's ever been at in its history. They're seeing that their 401k portfolio getting smacked. The worst year ever for bonds. Third worst year ever for the 60-40 portfolio. They call up their financial advisor and he says, trust me, bro. Just keep holding. Just like the Bitcoin bros. Just keep hodling. 
And so for us, what we see here, these suppressed assets, the ones that the chosen few here in the crypto space that have done the research, put in the work, put in the time to actually find out who's actually solving problems and getting something done that matters. Not just hyping it up, not just showing up at the Bitcoin, the, the, the blockchain conference, setting up a booth, doing photo ops, shaking some hands and not actually getting anybody to actually uh, use and adopt their cryptocurrency. See, see, I put out a tweet yesterday and I said, most partnerships do not matter. Now, you can see that very clear as day, right? All of these projects claim all these partnerships, right? All these projects are, are, are partnered up. They got them on their governing council. They've done this and that. Have you seen any of these you know, people that are partnered up with these crypto projects actually acquire the token? Where's the announcement? Because we can see it with XRP. We, we can see it. Right, we can see it with Stellar, MoneyGram starting to use Stellar, uh, Ukraine starting to use Stellar. Uh, you know the different utility cases that have been coming with XLM are relatively small. Don't get me ex as excited as XRP. The people who are acquiring XRP are a little bit bigger, pockets a little bit deeper, move a little bit more money. Who's bought HBAR? Right, that that's my point. Who's actually acquiring? these tokens to use and adopt and actually implement into their business versus they got consultation from the project, right? That's not a partnership. That's not a partnership that matters. And so once again, I put out my state of the union yesterday uh, to start off with the, well, that's what I titled my Twitter spaces. And the first 10 minutes I gave my 2023 crypto state of the union. If you guys didn't see that, I recorded that portion of the Twitter and uh, I posted it on YouTube yesterday. So just look up 2023 Crypto State of the Union, where I summarized my ideas with where we're at in this market and what I'm expecting for this year. And so go, go back and check that out, guys. But you guys know the deal. Our investment thesis has not changed. It just continues to actually be confirmed by what we're seeing on a daily basis, okay? But the data that I'm seeing, we started it out going over real estate. We go into cryptocurrency and you guys can see what, what's still left to be cleaned up, what's still left to uh, get taken out. And we are not done. I wish we were. I wish the bottom was in. I wish we could pump it. I wish the case would be settled tomorrow, but it probably won't. We probably have a little bit longer to go. But hey, imagine we've been in this thing for two years. You're telling me that within the next two months, there's a pretty darn good chance that it could settle up and be over? Sounds good to me. I can enjoy I can enjoy and take advantage of that next two months. Acquire this asset before the massive breakout. I mean, and, and with the technical analysis, guys, all they're doing is debating on whether or not we go to seven dollars or thirty dollars on the first initial pump. Or, eh, if you're going to get a little bit tighter, seven to thirteen dollars, right? Obviously, there's some technical analysis, guys. Most of them, you can't take them credibly because they're just XRP haters. Most of them, Bitcoin maxis, are the types that say that XRP won't even go to its previous all-time high. So I just don't even take that into account. They, 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 they talk about some of these projects just going to the most absurd prices and say that we're delusional for thinking that XRP can go past its previous all-time high. But anyone that I respect in the TA space, it's just a debate. Are we going, you know, 7 to 13, you know? Some people think $20, $30, right? Um, 
What I like to see was in that overall cryptocurrency market cap, that all the money timeline that I talked about. 2025, we see the overall cryptocurrency market cap achieve 20 trillion. So that'd be almost a 10x from what we did last bull run, achieving 3 trillion in overall market cap. We would be going upwards close to 30, right? Almost a 10x. And then by 2027, we'd be at a 100 trillion plus. Um, and so guys, remember, um, whether this case settles up tomorrow, two months, next year, it's set in stone what's about to happen here. I mean, it's absolutely set in stone. You want to debate if XRP is going to be a $20 coin or if it's going to be a $20,000 coin. We can have that conversation. I lean uh, towards the latter. I lean towards a three, four, five digits because I understand how big these problems are and I understand how few projects actually get anything done. So once again, uh, big sessions coming up. Reggie Middleton, hopefully we get Fred on here and uh, a couple other big ones. I'm trying to remember. I got my list over there. We're going to get Jimmy back on the show. Jimmy will be coming back on. And then um, we're going to probably try to do these Twitter spaces once a week. So make sure you guys are tapped in over on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.